Welcome to our first ever multi-part series on intimacy and MS. Over the next several weeks, we will be covering issues like self-love, self-acceptance, sex, communication, as well as intimacy with loved ones and romantic partners. We will be joined by healthcare providers, MS specialists, people in the MS community, and more. The MS Society published a series called Staying Well a couple of years ago, and one of the brochures focuses on intimacy and sexuality in MS. And I'm just going to read a brief excerpt for you. Quote, what does intimacy mean? For many people, the term is synonymous with sex. In other words, being intimate with another person means having a sexual relationship. However, a satisfying intimate relationship rests on a much broader foundation of trust, open and honest communication, shared goals and expectations, and mutual respect and concern. So intimacy refers to all of the ways, both verbal and nonverbal, in which partners connect with one another and enjoy their unique closeness, end quote. And we know nurturing a healthy, intimate relationship with another should always start with self. Absolutely. So we start our series off with a conversation with body coach, boudoir photographer, and fellow MSer Kiana Renee. She talks about self-love and what that looks like for her. Yes. And knowing that the genesis of intimacy is self-love, we begin to pull back the layers, kind of like foreplay. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the episode. Welcome to season three of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We're just two black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron through our Patreon. Patrons can gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, chances to join us on the Myelin and Melanin party line, and more. We'd like to thank our music producer, Shah Severe, for providing our podcast music over the years. You can find him on Instagram at shah.severe, and you can also find him on YouTube. Welcome, Kiana. We are so happy to have you jumpstart our series on such a very important topic. Thank you for coming on the show today with us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be talking with you, ladies. So we know that you're a photographer as well as a mind and body coach. Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself along with the work that you do? Um, yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, I'm a portrait and boudoir photographer, coach and an impact entrepreneur based in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, and I've been running my business um, for about eight years now. And about midway through, I started to um, uh, notice some symptoms that surfaced and it kind of changed the way that I approached my business. Um and also, you know, made me 
just kind of pump the brakes for a little bit just to make sure that I was physically able to do my job because you know mm -hmm. photography is such a, a, a physical right. thing you, know, you have to bend and move and also be able to communicate and guide your your clients and things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. um so yeah so it's it's been a few years now um since my diagnosis and basically me rewriting my story and like how mm -hmm. I move out within the creative space um, here in Kansas City. Wow, I like that rewriting because that's really what we do. Yes, you know, every, as the disease yeah. you know creeps in and and progresses, we rewrite re uh, re rewrite our story <laughs> because yeah. because of it. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and it really plays into like what you just said, that word plays into everything that you do. And this series, what we're talking about, because how can we re uh, rewrite our story <laughs> without first looking within and beginning, beginning to accept right. ourselves and the acceptance then transforms into loving ourselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, right. I, um, I started using that when um, when I became a boudoir photographer because before I used to shoot like weddings and families and babies and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But when I switched into the niche of uh, boudoir photography, I um, noticed a disconnect with some women and how they um, could, how they even touched their body, how they felt about their body, um, how mm -hmm. they felt society felt about their body. And so when I started to integrate coaching, that was kind of like that's part of the tagline. Like I help women rewrite their body story. And then when I had to do it with myself, I knew that it actually worked <laughs> because right. I myself had to rewrite my body story and I've had to do it a few times because. So <laughs> how does that work? Right. I'm just curious, like how you can just, can you give like a brief example? How does you approaching a client, like if Dana and I are your clients, how would you like guide us into doing that? I hope I'm not jumping too far. Mm -hmm. um, no, no, it's fine. Um, so basically, um, it's kind of like we're having a conversation right now. And like, I, I am blessed with the type of energy where people kind of just open up to me. And mm -hmm. so I kind of go straight for the core. Like I ask them exactly, I ask them direct questions. How do you feel about your body? Like what parts do you like? What parts do you not like? Um, what, where is it that you want to go? And then I have them actually write out their current story with themselves because mm -hmm. there's so much freedom in sharing that and letting it out. Because a lot of times those things play in our heads over and over mm -hmm. and over again, like a recorder. So yeah. once you share your story and once it's validated by somebody else in a safe space, you feel free to mm -hmm. start letting parts of that story go. So um, once once we've done that part, then I start working with them on visualizing and also like feeling out within themselves, like what mm -hmm. parts of their story they want to rewrite and how they want to rewrite. Right. Cause a lot of times we don't really know because we've been kind of stuck in this specific place for so long. We just feel like that's who we are and we forget that it's, mm -hmm. we even have a choice to rewrite our story. Right. Um, so uh, as far as like my coaching clients go, we, that's over eight weeks that I'm doing this work with them. And every single week we're doing this together. I'm walking along with them. Um, so there's that type of stuff. And then there's also the physical stuff where I'm having people 
<clears throat> um, literally sit with themselves and rub their body and, and touch their body. Um, and when I say rub, like some people think that it's, it's like, not, right, you know, kind right, of frisky right. and it's, it's right, not right. really sure or something. Right. Yeah, it's really like taking the time to um, examine yourself and to just breathe into your body and then also look at your skin and look at your body with gratitude and realizing what each part of your body does for you on a daily basis and how important it is to know that your body's working so hard for That's you every powerful. single day. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you start there, your confidence starts to grow, like your love and your admiration for your body starts to grow. And so it just kind of blossoms. You know, mm -hmm. I had a doctor tell me once um, that you would be surprised on how many people come to me and they've had some sort of ailment for, you know, however many months or weeks, sometimes even years. And they never checked themselves because they were afraid to touch their body. Like, you know what I mean? Like a yes. lump here or there or just some, you know, something benign, not anything that where it's like dangerous, you're going to die. But, you know, mm -hmm. um, sorry to sound morbid, but you know what I mean? Like a problem that could be fixed within a day or with medication immediately is carried mm -hmm. over because people are afraid yeah. to look at themselves or touch yeah. themselves and get in touch with what their body is talking to them and saying to them, you know, like, what is it doing? So I, I love, I love what you say, what, what you do with your clients, because as Dana and I were preparing mm -hmm. for this, uh, this com particular conversation and talking about, you know, self-love, self-care, we were, we were thinking like, okay, so loving, learning to love yourself is a, is a key component in any relationship or any re, any any interaction that you have whether it's romantic or platonic like because even if yeah. it's platonic like uh or just mm -hmm. a business relationship you know what i mean like at work you still need to love yourself because you don't want coworkers mm -hmm. like stepping over you or talking down to you or thinking that you are incapable of doing the work yeah. or something like that so it's like really it's so much more, mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think in your yours, uh, all three of us, really, it's more self-love, self-care is more than just, you know, like saying, oh, I love mm -hmm. myself. Oh, I'm going to touch myself. You know what I mean? Like what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so I think like when you have that uh, peace in your life where you're like, okay, I am going to love myself, you are able like, I'm really going to love myself. I'm going to be conscious about doing it. You can make sound decisions. You can protect yourself. Like, you know, okay, so let's talk about a romantic relationship mm -hmm. or situation. Let's say you go out on a date. If you love yourself, you're not going to just let some weird, creepy person that you're on a date with start rubbing and touching all over. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to that connection. Yes, yep. that's uh, exactly. I can from the rooftop. It makes me so excited no and i think too that loving yourself truly fully loving yourself is creating boundaries right. and if you don't you're gonna let that creepy person touch all over you because it's like yeah. you know it's like you feel like you're at the mercy right. of whoever and whatever and it's like no Boundaries. I mean, boundaries is another uh, like buzzword too, but it's a reality. Exactly. You have to have boundaries and it really starts it's with loving yourself and respecting yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. I was just going to say, once you start 
um, looking at your body with gratitude and realizing that your body's working with you and loving you. Like, you know, you start asking yourself, you know, well, who am I in this new space? But then also like, what do I stand for? What do I want? And for women, that's such a big thing. And like you said, you start creating boundaries. You start speaking up for yourself. You start choosing different partners. You start choosing different jobs right. or you know, deciding not to let your supervisor speak to you in a certain way or whatever literally changes your whole life. And it's so important and so powerful. And people don't realize that the connection really starts with you. And I and think that it also yourself. opens up when you are truly loving yourself and you have a good hold on that. It opens up uh, that mental space and that safe space within you uh, to be able to receive love yes. and receive kind, caring gestures or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like I said, in a business setting or work setting or even in a romantic setting, you know, that's really important because how, how can somebody love you? How can somebody respect mm -hmm. you? How can somebody, somebody care for you if you haven't created that? that space for someone to be able to love you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. by loving yourself, like people, I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, so many people let's take Lizzo, for example, she loves the hell out of herself. Nobody's going to go up there and, and disrespect her because that woman is, mm -hmm. she respects herself. Clearly she does not care what anybody thinks. Right. And she's created that space, that mental space for her where she's like, I love myself. So every, it's like a command. So everybody else is going to love me. And, and if you don't, then you're not going to be, there's the boundary again. Right. You're not going to be in my space. And you know what I'm saying? Right. And she's not afraid to take up space. And I think that's a huge right. thing. Um, especially when you have a chronic disease, like MS, mm -hmm. it's like, we're, concerned with the space that we take up like are we too much are we doing too much are we saying too much and it's like no i mean this is who i am mm -hmm. um, not mm -hmm. that we're our disease but these are the things that i'm dealing with this is me right now um yeah i, and I have a question for no, both I of you guys say but go ahead sorry that mm -hmm. i think you know as i was listening to you talk kiana it Reminds me, we've talked about this um, before, Don, but when you really, truly love yourself and accept who you are and respect yourself, it cuts down on all that unnecessary apologizing. I am a super hyper apologizer. Like if I'm, mm -hmm. you know, in someone's way or my yeah. body's not cooperating and it's yeah. slowing you down, I, I apologize. And it's like, what the fuck? What, what am I apologizing for? Right. I have no reason to be apologizing. And I think a lot of it stems right. from really <laughs> loving your body. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. So sorry, Don. No, it's fine. Okay, so I have a question for both of you all. Since your MS diagnosis, and I'm asking because I need to think about this too, but since your diagnosis, what is self-care or self-love? What does that look like for you? Has it changed at all? Oh, wow. That's a great question. It's a deep question. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, it has changed for me tremendously. I will say before my diagnosis, I kind of just like would run 
like I was always doing something, helping mm-hmm. people, you know, doing events, uh, working with my clients. Um, and I continued that after my diagnosis. <clears throat> um, but I very quickly found out that I couldn't keep up that same pace. So the, the more, um, I guess, uh, I don't want to say timid, but, um, uh, my symptoms weren't as loud when I first mm-hmm. uh, was diagnosed. And so I was able to hide and just kind of like neglect that self-care, self-love part about myself. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't yet learned how to like rewrite my story, all of that good stuff. But um, the more pronounced my symptoms came, it literally stopped me in my tracks. Like I really couldn't work for like six months at a time. Mm-hmm. And um I was going through a deep depression and didn't really know it. I was having high anxiety. And so um, I wasn't really leaving the house. So then that's when I kind of had to stop and say like, okay, there's something that is like calling for my attention. Like I'm a true believer that like our symptoms are really just communicating with us, you know, Mm. it's not really Mm -hmm. something that we're supposed to like hush or like hide. So I started to tune in even in like some of the deepest, darkest parts of what I was going through, like even in tears, I would just be like, okay, let me do like a full body check-in. When I first wake up in the morning, I started to like create this ritual for myself where at least at the very least, I would just say, okay, start at the top of my head. What, what am I feeling? You know, from the top of my head going Mm -hmm. down to my toes. Um, you know, if, if I can get out of bed, I'm just going to brush my teeth and that's okay. If I can, you know, Mm. get to the kitchen and get some water, that's okay. Like I started giving myself permission to, to work slowly through it instead of like setting these, um, unrealistic Mm. expectations for myself to achieve all of these goals, you know, because I was so goal oriented and productivity Mm -hmm. was like high on my list, especially being an entrepreneur. Like you have to be that way. Right. So I started to give myself grace and be like, okay, you, you, it's okay to start slow. If you just get out of bed today and make you something to eat, that's okay. Um, so the more I felt comfortable with in that space of giving myself grace and slowing down, then I started to, you know, do um, mirror work with myself. And um, I created a daily mantra for myself. And I started to really push like that, um, the, the body check in just to make sure that um, that I was, that I wasn't going to sink back into my old habits of not really taking care of myself. But this diagnosis and this, um, chronic illness has literally taken me like through all of the ringers of like the highs and lows. Like people don't even know that I had, I spent a month locked up in my apartment (laughs) because I live alone Mm -hmm. and I don't have any kids. And, you know, it's easy. Mm -hmm. It was easy for me to like make an excuse for myself, you know, even that's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. I I realized that like speaking my truth, like I had to like tell people what I was going through. Um, But yeah, it's, it it definitely Mm -hmm. has changed my life in so many ways. And I can't even really get it out right now. That's such a a loaded uh, question. (laughs) Yes. There's so many things that you said, like the idea of giving yourself grace, that is like everything. Yeah. Because I don't think that like we give ourselves permission Mm -hmm. to do that. It's like grace is something that it's like you're expected to give grace to other people or to show grace, but like we don't show grace to ourselves. Yeah. I was Um, so guilty of that. Yes. Yes. And too, though, even listening to um, 
what you were saying, Kiana, about how you had kind of, you know, locked yourself and hold yourself up in your apartment for a month. But even like at the end of the day, like really reflecting on that, also realizing that like that was okay too. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you needed mm -hmm. at the time. And I think that there's a lot of shame like associated with that because it's like you're supposed to be productive, yeah. quote unquote productive, whatever yes. that means. Yeah. And I'm using yeah. air yeah. quotes, but you're supposed to be productive. You're supposed to get out there and do stuff and get fresh air and this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. No, like I needed to slow down and just stop for a bit and that's okay. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't give our, ourselves permission to do that. Mm -hmm. And society doesn't give us permission. So it's like, we've yes. got to take it upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's loving yeah. yourself. Like yeah, saying like, yeah. this is what I need for me. And fuck you. Right. If you yeah. don't, <laughs> you know, yes. if you think otherwise. Wow. Absolutely. I, um, yeah, in the, I, I slowed down for about six, seven months, but there was mm -hmm. one month in particular where I didn't do anything and pretty much didn't leave the house. And that's when I, it kind of clicked for me that like, mm -hmm. I do not have to do all of these things. I don't yes. like they're self-imposed, um, yes. you know, requirements of myself, but it's also something that like I've been conditioned because of society, you know, and yes. uh, also there's a, there's a different layer of because, you know, because I don't have any kids, people expect me to have all this energy and, yep. and expect, expect for me to just, you know, be able to do all of these things. And I was kind of that person in my circles like my friends and family circles like I'm the mm -hmm. the strong one I'm the person that people come to like all of those things so it's like right. having to work through all of that mental like chatter um it, on top of like the physical things that I was going through was so so tough but the moment that I decided to slow down and and like you you said to give myself grace I was just like, okay, no, wh what is it that I need? If I can say that this uh, this diagnosis has given me a few gifts, that's probably one of them. Because prior to that, I don't think that I was doing that the way that I should have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. It really is. Um, I I am not even going to attempt to even answer your question, Don. That'll have <laughs> to be in an upcoming episode because I... I I'm like not even there. Like it's so like that, like is such a deep and triggering, mm -hmm. not triggering in a bad way, but such a deep question that it's like, I don't even know where to begin. And that's yeah. like, so sounds like a cop out because here's Kiana on the show and we're like making her like dig deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Kiana, how long have you been diagnosed? I'm just curious. Um, if you want so to I was, share that. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I was diagnosed October of 2017, but I was having symptoms like five years prior to that. So, um, and I don't think I told you guys this, like my mother also was diagnosed with MS and one of my aunts. So like I knew what this Where looked the, like yeah. prior to. The same, the same as me. My mother has MS and her sister has MS as well. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, when I started getting symptoms, I I knew what was going on. We are shaking our yeah. head. I know you're yeah, shaking I your am. head because when yeah. you said 2017, even five years prior to that, Dana and I did not even want to talk about this up until like just when we started the podcast three years ago. 
Yeah. And we both have yeah. been diagnosed for oh, well over a decade. Uh, for me, 20 years, Dana's going on 15 plus. Going on 16, yeah. 16, yeah. 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 Um, so bravo to you. I, um, I've become so vocal um, and share things the way that I do because, um, you know, and God bless them, but they both mm -hmm. were very private about what they were going through mm -hmm. and they really didn't even mm -hmm. share it with me. It was just because I'm, I'm always very curious right. and I people watch, like that's part of what makes me a good photographer. So like I, right. I watch certain things happen to them and I watch, I used to give my mom her medicine when I was in college. It was, I forget what the name of it is, but it's, it's the shot that you give people. Avanac. Avanac. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I used to be the one to give that to her when I was in college mm -hmm. and I would go with her to the meetings and all of these good things and I would read up on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just knew like my body told me what was going on when I started getting my right. symptoms but um it was 10 plus years before I could even get them to talk about what was going on and I feel like that's so important for us to share these stories as women because yes. I feel like we've we've lost some of that um you know in society and I really yes. really want us to get back there so like and that's part of the reason why I started like coaching and different things like that, because it's like, yes. we need to speak to each other, share these stories, because that's part yes. of what sets us free. That's part of what, right. what makes us strong. That's part of what connects us to each other. It's mm -hmm. so, so, so yes. important. It really is. It really, really is. And I think it might be generational to not like talk about it and keep private. You know what I mean? Like that is something that, I've heard from other people and elders in my family, like they just don't talk about it. You know, mm. I, for years, I didn't know my yeah. grandmother was ill until it was like one day, okay, your grandmother passed away. It's like, what? Nobody knew she was that sick. So um, yeah, I just don't think that we have been taught maybe culturally. I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural thing that we just don't share. I, 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 yeah, I think it's both yeah. of those things. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, Don, what we've been talking about, you know, over the past several months is this whole like strong black woman trope, false myth that we just have to constantly be strong. We don't hurt. We don't suffer. And um, yeah, I think that right. translates Absolutely. as well. Um, yeah. I, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Mm -hmm. And I think keeping in like alignment with the, the topic of, of today, like, I think it goes hand in hand, especially like, you know, with a, a major diagnosis. And then mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like, okay, well, you're just trying to keep like the status quo with things like you're not even really going to mm -hmm. think about intimacy or what self-love looks mm. like or what connectedness with your own body looks like. So it's like, that's not even on the table for discussion most of the time. Right. With, uh, you know, not even really with our doctors. And if we're not even discussing with each other, with our families, friends, you know, what we're going through, we're not even going to get to the conversation of self-love and intimacy. Like it's, it just kind of yes. doesn't exist. Right. For yes. me, I, I haven't, I don't know if I've reached the level that you've reached, Kiana. Um, I'm still like navigating through all of it. Um, I'm comfortable with my body some days, but I would be lying if I told you I'm completely mm -hmm. comfortable. Um, I certainly was not, yeah. and I will not fake like I was super happy 
and okay with my body when I was using the cane mm -hmm. and the and the walker and the scooter, I was very uncomfortable. Um, I remember, okay, so before mm -hmm. I moved, my son and I lived in a nice little development and they would have movie nights in the summer. So I took the scooter out of the house with my son and he's walking on the side of me and my neighbors who were there, they're so nice. You, you have to like sit on the lawn and on the grass because they have a big screen. And I just remember feeling mortified. And I'm like, I can't believe, like my physical body left, but my mind was like telling me, no, don't go. And I kept saying, I can't believe that I left the house in a scooter and all of my neighbors are going to see. Everybody's going to know where this woman came from. And I'm in a scooter and I cannot. Yeah. They're going to like yeah. talk about me. I, that's what I thought. I started thinking that, you know, I, I started feeling like, uh, what, what's the word? Um, I'm losing the word. Um, low self-esteem. Yeah. Like I didn't have that self-love at all. And I was like, they're going to start talking about me like, oh, we feel bad for her. And then they're going to start yeah. like chattering. How does she take care of a son? How does she take, like uh, those thoughts were in my head. So mm -hmm. It w it's been a struggle and I can't answer that like you, Dana. I really can't answer that fully because I don't necessarily have a ritual, which I think is so important. I love that you said that. And I don't do the mirror, the mirroring. I don't. Mm. Um, the most that I will do is like maybe recite a mantra or meditate and be grateful. Yeah. Yeah. And those are great things though. They do so Start much for somewhere. yourself. Yeah. And I think the fact that you're even like acknowledging those thoughts, you know, that you have them, because I've had, I've had every single one of those thoughts <laughs> that you've just mm -hmm. voiced. Like I, you know, at one point was walking with a cane and could barely even do that. So I totally understand. Um, and being so right. prominent in my community, I was afraid that people would look at me differently. Like, you know, six months ago, I didn't look like this. So what are people going to say when I'm stumbling mm -hmm. over my words where I can't pick up my camera or whatever it was? Like it's those insecurities that you don't have before just kind of start creeping up. And I think that's a well, layer of it too. Definitely. Right. And I, I think it's unfortunate that we allow the chatter, the outside chatter to like interfere in our, in the work that we're doing on ourselves because I've been working on myself. It's not, and I'm sure you all have, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like you just wake up one day and say, Oh, I'm not going to do this. Like we're, we're always constantly thinking about it, whether we put it in place or not, it is another story, but mm -hmm. the outside chatter affects how we love ourselves because there are images everywhere of what the perfect body is, the perfect hair, the perfect mm -hmm. eyelashes, mm -hmm. the perfect, yes. everything, the perfect yes. partner, whether you're, you know, gay, straight or, or bi or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, this is how it's supposed to be. Everybody has yeah. a definition and no, you define what your self-love, your self-care is and how you are mm -hmm. going to love, you know, another. And exactly. I think what also plays a role is like, for example, if you're using a walker or a rollator or, or a wheelchair or a cane, us being as young as we are and attractive, we're attractive women. Um, I think mm -hmm. when people look at you, I've had this and I'm sure you all have. And then they like, some people are super bold. Oh my God, what happened to you? Like, how, 
How- yes. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Right. <laughs> None of your damn business yes. is what happened to me. It's so rude. It's like, how could you? <laughs> right. You're so young. How are you in a wheelchair? Like, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. That's happened to me so many times. Yep. I don't even count. Just, it's crazy. Um, yeah. But that, I think, really put a barrier with me, like being able to fully dive into the self love. Because I was like, oh my God, so this means everybody's looking at me I, and I'm focused on what other people are thinking instead of mm-hmm. loving me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, because a lot of what we fill our heads with, they're nothing but like myths. Mm-hmm. It's not real. You know what I'm saying? Like I had posted this meme to my personal Instagram the other day. It says, dismantling your own myth is hard fucking work. And it is because that is really what we fill our heads with. We don't know what people, some people are bold and just overstep their boundaries. And it's like, you know, if you're bold enough, like F you, it's none of your business why I'm in a wheelchair. But anyway, like we don't know what people are thinking about us. Mm -hmm. We make these stories up in our head that, oh, they're looking at me like, oh, you know, whatever their thoughts are. Like these are things and images and thoughts that we create. Yeah, It's like, no. And it's hard work overcoming that because like we're inundated with that Mm -hmm. because, yeah. I think um, a lot of what we assume people are thinking or feeling about our physical changes. Some, uh, some of that comes from what we've experienced in our childhoods. And, um, Mm. you know, that's a a part of what goes into like rewriting that story also. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what's what it, how it is that you feel about yourself, but where did those thoughts come from? Cause a lot of times we don't, we don't want to take on those thoughts ourselves, but they get placed, yes. they get placed into our psyche by society. Yes. But then a large yes. part is just like our families, like what have we heard our families say about people that look differently, you know, or, yes. or that wore certain things, right. like, you know, right. you know, women aren't supposed to wear this color mm-hmm. or wear this thing or whatever. Right. Like, you know, if, if you're walking with a limp, that means you're weak or whatever. Like it's mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. things. And so we start like creating this, like, this uh, conversation with ourselves based off of like what we believe to be true about what people are thinking and saying about us behind our backs when we can't hear them. It's, it's so deep (laughs) and it's a lot to think about and it's out. It's exhausting too. Cause it's like, sometimes it is, you don't want to think about all of these things. You don't want to care, you know, but uh, to a certain extent we have to, because those thoughts and those feelings affect us physically with MS you know, like the way yes. we feel about ourselves and the energy that we carry about the way we feel about ourselves, you know, it, it makes our limbs not want to work sometimes. So mm-hmm. I found yep. that like the more anxious I would get in public, like my legs literally wouldn't want mm-hmm. to walk like my, yes. they, they wouldn't want to go. Like I would physically be stuck and that terrified me so much. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I I guess just because I'm, you know, I don't really have, I have a support system, but like when you live alone, mm-hmm. like you're, you're really all you have. So it's like, okay, I have to look at this or I'm just going to be sitting another month in the house. Like, what is this? I need mm-hmm. to figure something out just a little bit. So I free myself up mm-hmm. to, to live a, a joyful life as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I yes. love what you said about rewriting your story. And I think it's okay. Like through the course of 
the disease, it's okay to start at chapter one and end at yeah. chapter three, but then have a rewrite, like a new edition. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that is okay. I mean, yeah. there are so many books out there that's like the third edition of whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of how MS is, <laughs> you know? Or right. with a new forward or a new, I mean, that's a reality. Um, yeah. I mean, we talk about, Dawn, we've talked on the podcast a lot about the of grief. Like grief is a continuous process when you have MS. You don't just like get diagnosed, you're sad and you grieve and that's it. It's a an ever going, mm -hmm. ongoing process. And um, I think it's the same way with rewriting mm -hmm. your story. Well, yeah, because Absolutely, you, yeah. you are grieving the old body possibly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Old thought patterns, like who you thought you were, you know, because now you mm -hmm. look differently and you feel differently. Absolutely. Right. This is deep. Yes. <laughs> it really is. But these are the layers that you have to shine a light on, though, because it's like, yes, it, it, this is what it takes. And I think this is kind of why some people shy away from it, because it is, you know, yeah. it takes a, a certain amount of energy and a certain amount of work. But I always let people know, like, you do it at your own pace. Like, we believe that we have to hurry up and get to something. And we also view self-care as just like this final destination. That's not what this mm, is. Right. <laughs> it's not a place that you just no. get to and you've achieved this thing and then you just stay there. Like, no, <laughs> we're humans. Life happens. Like, it, it, it gets to yes. evolve just like we mm -hmm, do. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're humans. Life because happens. Yeah. That's just it. I yes. love that's that. the whole bottom line. Period. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I fell in love with someone until I started to love and accept myself and all of the flaws and just being okay with that and not necessarily caring if he cared that I was using mm -hmm. a cane or you know what I mean? Like, and maybe uh, for his, to his credit, maybe he made me feel comfortable. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Cause he never like said anything. He yeah. never looked at it funny. Yeah. Like there would be times where we would go out to dinner and he would always, this was prior to me using a cane. And even afterwards, he would always drop me off at the front door. Like it was never said like, like a pity thing. Like, oh, I'm going to let you go here. It was just like, this is what, what you're doing. And so it looked like it was more chivalrous than like, so, like mm -hmm. I'm feeling sorry for you. Like exactly. Pity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that is, and as, I guess that's another question that kind of leads into it. Like what does self-love actually mean? And I think it means like starting with you and rewriting or writing your story or rewriting in our case, because we've changed tremendously with MS. Right. I don't know. What do you all think? <laughs> what do you think it means? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, like just reflecting on this conversation, like I said, it's opened up so many more things than answered anything in my mind, but it's like really permission to actively rewrite your story. I, I mean, something that I thought that I was going to do today might just completely go out the window, like now because mm -hmm. i'm 
I don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like being free to make decisions based on what you want to do yes. instead of what you're expected to right. do. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it sense, does. But... It does. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, Absolutely. what is your thought? I mean, you've shared so much Kiana, but like the, the, the true definition or is there even a true definition or I don't know. I guess you already have said what self-love is like you've said of, of loving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, I, for me, I, I want to feel whole as much as I can, mm. as much as possible. Um, and to feel joy around whatever it is that I'm doing. Like I have to be able, like I, my mind chatter is so loud. So like every yes. decision that I make, like I always tell everybody, I'm like, I have to, I have to be with myself at night when everybody else goes home, when mm. yeah. the TV is off, when social media is put away, like I have to live with my mind and my body. So whatever day to day, whatever that looks like, like as long as I'm being true to those two things, at least like I, I feel good about myself and I am loving the decisions that I'm making for myself, which make me, you know, be able to just uh, look at myself in the mirror and appreciate the life that I'm living. Cause like, and there's other things too, but if I'm not achieving those things and I'm not excited yeah. to wake up in the morning, yes. I'm not excited to, you know, to take on new clients or to even go to the grocery store. Like my, my peace and my joy mean a lot to me. Actually, one of the things that mm -hmm. I've started to integrate into my life is like making sure that I laugh in the morning. Mm. And so mm -hmm. because once I started to identify that like joy was one of the things that like um, was a core value of mine, when I do, I, when I started integrating that, like starting the day off laughing, like a gut belly laugh, yes. um, it makes me look forward to <laughs> yes. other things. You yes. know what I mean? So it's like, okay, now, oh, yeah. now I want to, you know, yeah. look in the mirror and do a, a full body check-in or whatever it is. So it's like, I, I don't know, like in life can be really that simple. Sometimes we feel like, oh, we have to have yes. these, this like huge list of like things that like make us love ourselves and blah, blah, blah. I love hearing and feeling mm -hmm. myself laugh <laughs> and being full yes. of joy, you know what yeah. I mean? So I start with those, those two simple things. Um, and then everything else kind of seems to fall into place after that. Yeah, that is so beautiful. It really is. And as we move forward, you know, diving into a romantic partnership like you have to be able to look at all of these aspects of what we're what we're talking about because if you don't then you'll end up having a relationship that isn't authentic because you're going to always be afraid mm -hmm. of speaking up or always be afraid of like really showing the true you and i think that's kind of like also what self love does it allows you to be become yeah. you know your true authentic self and like no holds barred yeah. just free and open and saying hey this is me take it or leave it I don't care if you take it I don't mm -hmm. care if you leave it because I'm taking me and I'm loving me yeah. right absolutely wow <laughs> yes this is just yeah step one step one mm -hmm loving yourself yeah. and that and it's an ongoing you know you had mentioned this before Kian it's not like a destination yeah it's an ongoing everyday challenge 
right adventure well, however you want to yeah it. and absolutely you know i think what like hinders me in answering these questions that i've that i posed and like even thinking about the self-love it's because i am still kind of in you know those five stages of grief i'm in i'm stuck in there I, some days i am so sad some days i'm so angry mm -hmm. and the anger I'm like, I don't give a shit about any of this. I don't care about loving a plant. You know, I, I'm not going to love myself right now. Like yeah. I, who's going to love me? You know, has, has anybody said, I don't know. I'm sure people have said that. Like, who's going to love me like this? I remember saying mm -hmm. that. Like, who's going to put up with this? Mm -hmm. And that's really toxic, but oh, yeah. that's, that's, that can go on for another yeah. conversation. So, yeah. This is a lot. Oh my God. Right. At least you're voicing it and letting it go, though. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I was just like, this conversation really yeah. has been like everything. Yeah, we're looking forward to moving yes. ahead with other episodes and, you know, having you on the next one. Uh, yes. Yeah. We're really going to get deep. <laughs> get deeper. Right. Get deeper. Right. No, and I really thank you, Kiana, for your oh, I'm happy to be a um, part transparency of and openness with us because it's a lot. I mean, I couldn't even answer the damn question. <laughs> and I'm asking you these questions. So. <laughs> but next episode, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, right. no, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I spent enough time in my head thinking about all of this stuff. I'm happy to share. <laughs> so Kiana, where can people find you online on social media, like your business and all that and your photography? Um, Instagram is usually the best place. You can find me if it's at Kiana, K-E-Y-O-N-N-A uh, dot, a little period, R-E-N-E-A. Um, yeah, that's it. I show and talk about like mm -hmm. my photography and then also like my coaching and things like that and then I have a website that's kianarenee.com um, and also if anybody is interested in just like starting slow with like a daily mantra if they don't have one I have oh. one on my website um, so it's kianarenee.com slash daily dash mantra um, and it's super easy and I even explain how to implement it if you don't know how to so yes. wonderful yes. yeah thank you yes thank you Kiana and we're really excited to um, talk to you again in our next episode it should be fun we're gonna dig deeper but yeah thank you so much for your time yeah. and uh, we will talk to you soon okay yeah talk to you later bye Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.